0: What do you do when life starts getting a little bit curly? My guest on the Reset podcast today is Kate Christensen. Kate's the author of the book, Curly Conversations. And in this chat, we're going to talk about how to get more creative, how to look at things different ways, and how to dive into discomfort and and dare to do things differently. It's a really enlightening chat and I've loved talking to Kate. She's really good fun and I think you're going to like this one. Here's Kate Christensen. All right, Kate Christian, welcome to the Reset Podcast. Is it good being you?
1: Is it good being me? Oh, I, I think it is. I think it is good being Is you. that
0: because you wrote this awesome book, this fantastic book <laughs> called Curly Conversations?
1: You know, I think... Um, feeling feeling good being me and who i am is probably what enabled me to write that book as okay. opposed to the other way around it's it's kind of a uh, someone said to me it's like a, it's like a coming out except it's to do with curly versus straight hair as opposed to anything
0: else we were chatting before we before we got online about um in your, in your corporate world that you've been before, you always straightened your hair and I, I saw some photos of you and I just didn't recognise you. It looked completely different. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, so part of this is just embracing the, the genuine congruent version of you, I guess.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I think it's it's about showing up as who you are and how you are and um, as I talk about in my book, for most of my life, I have compared curly hair as being a substandard version of straight hair and therefore it was no. never going to live up to the expectation I have that great looking hair was straight and uh, when you then when I then realized quite late in life that, yeah but what if you thought curly hair was equal to straight hair and therefore what you were trying to do was end up with hair that made you feel great and embraced whatever it was which happens to be rather curly
0: Mm -hmm. it's certain for people listening to this and not seeing it she's very very, has very very curly hair which suits you down to the ground so we probably should keep it that way but it's there's almost an element of buddhism to that isn't there it almost it's it's almost a bit. We've just let's 15. accept what what we need to accept. It's a bit. There's a bit of a Zen to it, isn't there? And you talk a little about, a bit about Zen things in the book.
1: Yeah, it's. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not a very Zen person. I'm not a. I'm not someone who who thinks deeply about where I'm at. Um, right. What I do know, though, is by showing up the way that you are and the way that I am which is is curly is kind of a a way of saying I'm going to embrace things that maybe historically I've hated um Mm -hmm. and I would have changed but actually now how about if I use them to my advantage advantage and and it's it's quite amazing you know don't know now but you
0: might be a bit more zen than you thought because that's, well, that's kind exactly of what it right. is it's an acceptance of what is and embracing what is and yeah. so you might be a little bit more zen than you think you don't necessarily have to sit down on the in a on a
1: cushion chair, and
0: <laughs> all day long to be zen the the i guess one of the beauties of zen is this that that bit of acceptance and i guess yeah that's what you're doing with this was there a trigger for that? Was there a, there is a penny drop moment that sort of?
1: No, I don't. I, I mean, what curly, the the there's the curly how I show up. So, and one of the things for me of, of being curly, curly on the outside, I'm also quite curly on the inside. I'm a very uh, creative thinker. And I talk mm-hmm. in the book about things being straightforward and not straightforward. I am as happy as happy when I'm in a space that isn't straightforward and I don't know what the answer is and I can explore all kinds of um, elements with that. So part of it is You must drive about,
0: people who want everything structured absolutely crazy. I right, drive them
1: nuts, yeah. Yeah, I no. love that.
0: <laughs> nah, let's mess with them.
1: But, um, yeah, exactly. But what, what cur- being curly is about is being comfortable with being creative it's about being comfortable with how you show up, which is curly, curly hair. But it's also about recognizing if you are a curly thinker, like me. Recognizing, just as you said, there are people um, around who are not curly thinkers and who are much more straightforward thinkers, mm-hmm. and. That you need to kind of talk in a way that they can connect with you. Otherwise, they will think you are off somewhere else and and vice versa. So I work with um, people who are more straightforward thinkers. They might describe themselves as I'm kind of an A to B kind of person. Yeah. And what I do is help them to be a bit more creative and to kind of let go of that A to B path. So it's kind of multi-level.
0: Yeah. Do you think it? Which do you think is harder? Do you think it's harder for the straight people to to embrace the curly or the curly to be able to straighten themselves out?
1: Um, That's a really good question. Um, I think each each has its own challenge. So for more straightforward thinkers uh, needing to fit that feeling of being in control when you're going Mm -hmm. A to B, that ability to let go of that is probably the biggest challenge and still recognise you can feel in control even just in a different way. Um, Yeah, okay. I think for curly thinkers um, and sort of more creative people, I think they find it easier only because most of the world and, like, schooling schooling
0: places. particularly we spent 12 uh, years there and it's b. straight as a die isn't it
1: very it's... a to b and so curly thinkers like, i'm left-handed as well so okay. of course um, not. i'm you of course i am <laughs> so so um left-handers are used to working in a right-handed world curly yeah. or creative people are used to working many of us are used to working in a world that expects people to be straight a to b
0: yeah, I'm I'm bald, so I'm I'm not in any part of this conversation. But I'm I'm very much a curly thinker. My my way of thinking is vomiting over. I've got a whole wall, wall behind me that's whiteboards and stuff. Yeah. Um. One thing I've found really useful is almost my entire professional career, I've had someone who's really really straight. She actually, we had a great thing. We did one of those personality profiles, and she thought she'd answer it all the opposite of what she would normally answer and oh, she got yeah. my personality profile all right and the two of us were just a teammate in heaven she 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 fixed all my boxes that i was terrible at yeah and do you think that there's an element of it if you can find someone and embrace the fact that they are opposites so that that can get rid of a lot of conflict and actually be the greater than the sum of the parts
1: oh absolutely i i think um, to have a world full of curly, creative people or a world full of straightforward people, would neither of them would be a good situation. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that if people recognise that just because someone is not straightforward or not creative and curly in their or, people, or not the
0: same as them.
1: Yeah, not the same as them in whatever capacity or way then, yeah, what you look for in other people, um, my husband's the same, you know, complete opposite. Is he? (laughs) Um, Yeah, absolutely, complete opposite. And and that's awesome because he gives me insight into me when I don't even know that I'm going around and around a topic because he's so um, straightforward. And I give him insight because he goes, I only thought there was one answer, but now you've asked that question I realize actually there's lots of answers.
0: Yeah. And that, that's one of the things you do. Because one of the things that drew me to this, and I, I haven't, this is probably the best one I've had for people not using the phrase difficult conversation.
1: Because mm, okay. to say,
0: can we have a difficult conversation or whatever? It's basically just dooming it to disaster almost yeah. all the time no one actually says oh cool we get to do a difficult conversation
1: yeah Woo! <laughs> but,
0: yeah exactly but you'd even have a robust conversation i've heard quite a few quite a few of my guests who are really really smart people have come on and given me other options yeah. but there's something about Curly that's so non-judgmental that i i think it fits that bracket really well of being able to have that what would we call a difficult conversation
1: but yeah. framing
0: it as curly and what are some of your advice on on how to have those conversations that would otherwise be framed as difficult ones?
1: Well, I think um, one when 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 firstly when people talk about curly conversations or I talk about curly conversations, um, sometimes people think that I'm talking about those um, challenging personal conversations that you need to have, like a a difficult conversation. Uh, that is to do with a personal element. Mm-hmm. What When I talk about curly conversations, I'm talking about where we're faced with a situation that is not optimal for either of us. And that's slightly different. You can still yeah. be feeling the same way, but there's an opportunity for us to work together so that we can both get an outcome. Um, so coming back to your question, in terms of... How to approach that? I think the number one um, piece of advice I would give people is swap difficult for different. So, right. so a curly conversation. When you use that kind of thinking, you say, "Hey, actually, this isn't a difficult conversation. It's a different conversation because." A curly conversation when you're in a situation where you've got a lot of unknowns and you've got a lot of uncertainty. And and like I know you're very familiar with the, the things that happen to us when we're in uncertain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, when you recognize that the kind of conversation that gets you through that and the kind of thinking you need to do to get you through that together is just different. It makes it you can kind of go, all oh, right, okay. Well, I just need to find a way to to get through it, as opposed to wanting to go back to where we were. Yeah, uh, you can't and that that you know the fight flight stuff that you talk a lot about. So yeah. Um,
0: but that one. Can I push back on you a little bit on that? Is
1: that okay? Yeah, go for can, it. Can yeah, we have yeah, a curly I love conversation I about love this? One of, the,
0: one of the things about that is for someone else that's quite curly as well, that's okay. But for someone else that is straighty one hundred and eighty, that that gets that's a really really difficult thing to do. And quite yeah. often, your curly people are actually a bit more comfortable with discomfort. Yeah.
1: You know yeah.
0: I and mean? yeah. where someone yeah. that likes it, this is how we fold our. Yeah. our towels and this is how everything lines up yeah. exactly how it should yeah
1: absolutely they
0: they don't have that same degree of comfort, ability comfort to, 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 to
1: flip to, to flip the frame and mindset yeah. so we So how
0: do we use language that actually yeah. lets lets them be more comfortable being curly if you like
1: yeah. good good question so the the language that i use around this is um because usually what we're tackling is is a conundrum or or a challenge that's just kind of landed an unexpected Mm -hmm. one often yeah what the language i use is around just asking yourself is this is this a long jump or is it a triple jump and uh, most of what I do is about how do you break something down that feels just like this amorphous mass in front of you and just work out what do we need to do next? What's the small problem we need to solve first? Because what that enables us to do is it brings that, um, uh, one of a better term, our horizon of certainty or, or brings the challenge back more into our comfort zone. So Is we it kind of getting
0: a little time. bit of momentum de-stresses things a little bit by doing that one step, that little bit of yeah. momentum and that achieving something achieving will just actually drop your stress and, levels down a little bit?
1: And that's not as bad as I thought it was. And, oh, actually, because by taking the step, you are one step closer and you have that much more knowledge or that much more information or... At least you're not standing still, because yeah, the biggest danger—and again, I know you—you you know a lot about this. The biggest danger is when these things happen, and all of the, all of our body tells us, "Gee, do something." And what we try and do is we try and do this massive leap into yeah. let's take action when and not give. Um, what you call our sort of our, our new brain versus old brain. Mm-hmm. We don't give our new brain the space to do the job it needs to do. Um, yeah. And we don't learn how to switch between our, you know, rational brain mm-hmm. um, and our creative brain. This, yeah. this ability to switch off the autopilot of what seems logical and mm-hmm. go, oh, what could be possible? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I what guess that's doing? one of
0: the reasons why taking that one step is such a good thing. because at least you've got a a direction. Yeah. And yeah. That, a great another great line I love is action gives you answers. But so we'll take we'll take that one step in that direction. If it turns out to be the wrong direction, and then at least we've written off one direction. We don't have to go that way any again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's taking that pressure off. You know, you talk about um, answers. This this discomfort that we have. Uh, I think it was Seligman um, did did a study where where people found that people would way prefer to have the wrong answer, even if they knew it was the wrong answer, mm-hmm. than they would prefer to have no answer at all. Yeah, and and that our our need to hold on to that certainty that comes with an answer, we'd prefer to have false certainty than, than uncertainty. <laughs>
0: Do, cur- do curly people they embrace that uncertainty a little bit better though? As a rule,
1: yeah, yeah. I um, yes, I think where the challenge that curly people have, especially, you know, I do a lot of work from a team perspective, more from a team than an individual perspective.
0: And it's actually one of the great things about your book too is that it's you've you've almost got to have a pencil and stuff to there's lots They're of the writing actually. <laughs> it's not just a read you got to do stuff in this thing it's um, it's, it's it's, a it's a book that it's a book that's a verb you've actually got to do some stuff which is uh, really quite cool (laughs) because yeah you get one of the chapters actually starts with what to do now and it's like here's your roadmap which is really strange for a curly person to do
1: yeah it's I'm I'm a very very practical person so most of my corporate life, I was delivering um, big programs. Some of them, you know, globally um, in in some pretty challenging markets. And so, even though I'm creative and I'm a creative problem solver, I'm I'm not a. Um, I don't know if I can say this. You're not I'm, fluffy. I'm, huh?
0: You're not fluffy. you kind of. Get I'm to not the a point fluffer.
1: Was what I was going yeah. to say. I'm not a fluffer. I I. And very outcomes driven, and that's actually, I think, um, you come back to your point about curly people, and the one of the biggest challenges that curly people can find is that they lose track of the outcome. That they get that we get lost, get lost in the curl and the thought, and how awesome is this thinking? Yes. And the reality is, you've got to you've got to be able to orbit, which is thinking, yep. and checking stuff out, and you've got to land. <laughs> you can't orbit all the time and yeah. you, you have to orbit long enough to get enough um, insight. And then you've got to land because that's, that's that step-by-step process to actually get you through that uncertainty. Otherwise, you just go around like a washing machine.
0: This is great. I feel like I'm having a counselling session and you're speaking directly to me. <laughs> this is this is fantastic. Thank you so much. Let's keep going. Um, <laughs> Let's do it but- It's it's a really, it's a really, it's a problem for me. I have shiny things syndrome. I'm like, oh, cool, something else, and off I'll go. I'm, I'm kind of like live my life like a squirrel. So it's, um, so what you're saying there is really good. One of the tools I use, and I I don't know whether, whether you've heard about this, is using an alter ego, to be Uh, able to use an alter ego. Yeah, and I, I have a, I have the better version of me. His name is Carlos and carlos he's he's the world's most amazing man and um when (laughs) i when i want to try and land when i want to try and get more structured and not be such a squirrel with shiny thing syndrome i'll often ask what would carlos do
1: and i love that that's a great idea
0: when i was reading some of the things in your book you, you kind of allude to really similar questions what what are some of the other questions like that you can ask to sort of to sort of either get the curlies to land or get the straighties to get a bit more out outside the box.
1: I think one of the
0: I like the way we've just we've we've done a whole <laughs> a whole duality of curly and straight people, which I'm sure we're all on some sort of spectrum there.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we all are. <laughs> um I I think and and typical curly thinker I'm kind of gone now, what question did Luke just ask me? Because I've just gone over here. oh, um, hey, you've
0: got shiny thing syndrome too.
1: Yeah, oh, look, uh, you know, um, the the stuff in curly conversations for teams comes from a, a lifetime of trying to, to be structured when you mm-hmm. want to play with the shiny stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, coming back to your question and what questions can you ask, One of the things that I find really useful, and it sounds so simple, is where are we now? Like one of the things we often want to do is go, you know, very goal focused. You know, we should have smart goals and all of those things, Mm -hmm. which is good. I'm not saying we shouldn't. But often when you ask the question, where are we now, you'll find that if you've got 10 people in a room, 10 people have different versions of where we are now. And as a consequence, your straightforward, more straightforward thinkers may not have thought about where we are now because they're thinking about B, not A. (laughs) Um, And your more curly thinkers are kind of going, yeah, but what's interesting about that is over there, not where we are now. If you start and work out where you are Land that because it means your conversation starts in the same place. Three quarters oh, of the wow. time, yeah. Three quarters of the time, everybody is starting what they think is the conversation in the same place, and it's like everybody a, a, a ten pointed star. Everybody yeah. is talking about they think the same thing, and they're not
0: because they have different priorities and different vantage three points. And I guess different challenge. goals too, don't they? They'll they'll look yeah. at it and say, "Well, my goal is is that, and that's different." Yeah. There's a there's a, a line from Seneca that I'll paraphrase a little bit. That so, if you don't know what port you're heading for, no wind is favourable. Yeah, and it right. it's, it's almost like if you don't know what port you're starting from, you don't kind of it's know okay. which which direction to travel in either. So. If you
1: don't know where you are in the ocean, <laughs> what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, it's a really good point, and it, and I guess once. One of one of the things when you're trying to to make a persuasive argument for someone, and I don't want to frame it as an argument, but to be able to um, work out where your common ground is first. Mm. You know, if, if if we want to argue about something and we're both just stay at either ends of a tug of war, we don't actually have a good task conflict conversation. Whereas mm-hmm. if we can, um, if we can both agree, well. X, Y, and Z is exactly, we both agree on that. Yes, we do. Well, where can we go from there? And I guess that's what you do with where are we now.
1: Yeah, and, and it and it puts it in, in that kind of situation. As I say, when I, when I talk curly conversations, I'm not talking about conflict-based conversations.
0: However,
1: mm. often we end up having what feels like a conflict-based conversation simply because we are studying in different spaces and when you can like you've got whiteboards I have walls of whiteboards as well lots of pictures but when you can put it up on the wall and say so where are we now you know if this is where we're going and this is you know where we are and let's draw a picture or something let's talk about where we are then suddenly you're not having this conflict conversation you're talking about the wall and circles on the wall and Go, so, no, nah, I think it's over here. Oh but I think it's there. It helps, it helps you to clarify and depersonalize this: I'm right, you're right, you're wrong.
0: Well, if it, have you read Adam Grant's most recent book, Think Again.
1: No, I haven't. It, I it's, haven't. it, it. it alludes
0: to exactly the same thing you're talking about. He okay. he divides it into task conflict and relationship conflict. Oh, ah, okay. And so basically what he says is if you can if you can have as much task conflict as you like and go back and forth and work out what's going to be the best option, that's great. Mm-hmm. But the moment that starts to turning into you're this, you're that, you've got a relationship conflict and then walls go up and And one of the things that happens with that is you get things like passive-aggressive behaviour and stuff like that. And yeah. quite often, because people avoid conflict so much, yeah. it, it turns away from let's have this nice curly debate about how to do something and come up with the best idea and turns into apathy we just don't have any arguments at all and and
1: very polite
0: so, so how would how would someone like yourself that's done a lot of this work with teams and companies deal with a company that now has that Okay, we're not going to have conflict because we're nice people, and I hate her. Um, <laughs> that sort of thing. And, and i tell how
1: everyone do, else, but I won't tell her.
0: Yeah, exactly. So how do we how do we get that apathetic culture that's not really having conflict or not really having any of those, and and get them on board and get them in the same page? As where are we now to, to do what we need to do?
1: In my experience, it's. Those situations that you've just described is a symptom of something else. Um, often it's a symptom of, um, and could be that the, the strategy that people have come up with is just something that's on a piece of paper and not real. Um, or mm-hmm. it, it, so something around that situation causes that apathy. One of the things I do, if, if I was a leader, and I, I was a leader when I was in corporate life. And um, you still are. And I still am, just differently. Um, what I would do is one way to band people together and get energy happening together is to find a big problem or a big challenge that is driving everybody crazy and put everybody to work solving that problem. Right. So because it's and I it, guess
0: the, the problem itself becomes common ground then, doesn't it?
1: The so problem becomes this is driving all common of ground. us
0: crazy. Yeah.
1: So if if you looked at, at the situation um the the early months of, of the pandemic and um people suddenly thinking, "Oh, look, we're all in this together." That kind of feeling that that external threat uh, that tends to bring people together. You can get the same impact by having a problem that people deeply care about and really want to solve. And once you get that focus on the problem and what's possible, what could be possible if that problem or that challenge was no longer there? Um, oh
0: wow! Yeah. In
1: many cases, a lot of the the little stuff that is big stuff that you were talking about, you know, people being apathetic and sitting back, a lot of that goes away because you're talking about something they care about, um, they're, you're listening to them, they're having the opportunity to contribute and be valued for their knowledge mm-hmm. and experience. And, and that's, you know, you look at... All of a sudden um, you've
0: got buy-in then, haven't you? you all they're...
1: of a sudden you've got buy-in and you get out of the way. One of the challenges as a leader is you feel... Often, um, especially in um, uncertain situations, that you need to come up with the answer. With this kind of approach, you need to be part of the team and lead from within rather than saying, well, here's what I think we should do. Let's go.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love that. Yeah, no, it, it sums it up beautifully. It, it really does. And if any if anyone is having any sort of issues with with their teams and and wanting to sort of work out how to integrate your, your curly and your straight people, and I love the way we have two different types of people. Um, I, I, <laughs> yeah, used to, we just, I used
1: to just lined everybody yeah,
0: up. <laughs> I I actually like that a lot more. I, I used to call them manals and fluffies.
1: <laughs>
0: so your fluffies are okay, your dry. curly ones that. All of that, and yeah, and your anals just love everything box ticked. And yeah, I'd rather not use the word anal if I could get around yeah, it, yeah, probably, um,
1: probably. Yeah, probably.
0: Curly, curly and straight, I think, works way better. So I'm just going to have to make sure everyone reads this book so we can do it. But, um, where can we find Curly Conversations? So, where can curly we find this one? You
1: can get it on your favorite online uh, retailers, Amazon, Booktopia. Um, you can also go to my website, which is katechristiansen.com.au
0: yep we'll Uh, pop a link in that in the show notes
1: stuff up there and um yeah so love and i love to hear i love to hear people's experiences
0: and it's been great and the whole beauty of this is you can actually read the first half of the book and do the second half of the book
1: yeah which is
0: and particularly if you can come into reading this with a couple of uh curly problems up your sleeve it's it's a fantastic book that Will open up the minds that people that needs open, and focus the minds that people that needs focus. So it's a, oh, there's a lovely, there's a little yin and yang behind me on the on the thing, and there's, a, there's an amazing. I, I think you're a lot more zen than you think you are, which I'm I'm mixing my spiritual <laughs> metaphors. But, oh, uh,
1: now I'm going to have to think about that, Luke.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but Kate Christian, it's been fantastic it's been Kate Christensen sorry it's been fantastic you having on the podcast um I loved your book it's been absolutely great and I hope lots of other people like it too thank uh, thank you. you very much
1: absolute pleasure thanks Luke